0: Um, so, my name's Christian. I am one of the pastors here at City Light. If, if you're here for your first time, so excited that you are here. Um, we're kicking off a new series today on relationships. You know, I think this is a really creative name for a series. I think, I think that um, we should somebody should start a TV show named this. Don't you think that would be really popular? Sometimes the church just needs to lead culture, you know what I mean? And uh, they will follow. Um, okay, so this is us. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about... Um, one of our favorite topics, uh, which is loneliness. I know everyone loves that topic, um, because you know what? Valentine's Day is coming up, right? And if you didn't know that, yes, I have a date for Valentine's Day. Um, and for those of you who hate Valentine's Day, um, you know, I, I get you. I actually was a little conflicted whether or not to show it, because depending like on your personality, that's kind of mean. Um, so I hope that you 're not hurt by that, but uh, uh, loneliness loneliness is not the happiest topic to talk about, but as you will find out it 's actually extremely prevalent um, and I, I was thinking back to um, a time in my life when I felt lonely, which is never but um, when i was when I was uh, a, a, like a young adult, there was kind of a season where um, all of my friends had i guess I was a late teen early young adult all of my friends guy friends had found girlfriends or wives, and I was kind of the last in the, in the crew, um, except for my friend Joe, but he refused to hang out with me, so um, I was basically just on my own. And uh, so for a whole summer, I would just like, to be totally honest with you— Um, This makes me sound like I'm either a total nerd or really spiritual, and I'm neither of those things. But uh, I would go to Main Street, and I would just try to find people to talk to about God. So, yeah, that was my summer. Um, But I did—a movie came out that I really wanted to watch, and I had no one to see. Um, I'm pretty sure I called Joe and said, would you go with me? And he said he had laundry to do. And so um, I was on my own. And this is one of the saddest stories that Man- Mandy tells me. This is one of the stories that makes her saddest about my life, before Mandy, was I went and saw this by myself. <laughs> but I wanted to see it, okay? And I still love this movie, um, but now most of the time if I watch it, I get to watch it with Mandy. Any, any uh, guys out there, romantic comedy buffs? Come on, guys. Oh, Gary, that's it. Okay, good. And Robert. Uh, we can start our own small group. Yes! Men's romantic comedy. What's the, what's the romco or rom-com? Okay. City Light Men's Rom-Com Group. We're doing it. This is good. Bring your own fuzzy socks and blankets. All right. All right. So loneliness is not a laughing matter, though. Um, so I, I did a little bit of research, and I'm just going to read a couple of these quotes to you. First of all, we're more disconnected than ever, and most of us would assume that that wouldn't be true right now. Um, but our time has been called an age of loneliness. It's estimated that one in five Americans suffers from persistent loneliness. And while we're more connected than ever before, social media may be actually exacerbating the problem. I know that you kind of get that, right? Like, it's, it's not the same being face-to-face and voice-to-voice as it is being on your screen, right? So we're more disconnected than ever, and loneliness research is showing... Um, You know, guys, do you know uh, that when people do loneliness research, they have to do it all by themselves? Have you heard that? No? Okay. I'm just going to let it sit there for a while, ruminate. I'll get a couple more laughs. Chronic loneliness, a condition that significantly raises the risk of a number of physical and psychological health problems, including heart disease and depression. Now, depression makes sense to me, but heart disease and physical problems. In fact, loneliness has an equivalent risk factor to health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, which is crazy and shortening your lifespan by eight years. Did you know that? Me neither. Loneliness is not the same as isolation either, all right? So being alone is not necessarily being lonely. And being together is not necessarily being not lonely. Isolation is the objective measure of how large your social network is. Loneliness is the subjective or the feeling level perception of how you feel. In other words, you can have many friends and be lonely, or no friends, and not be lonely. Interesting, right? Lastly, I feel alone. So loneliness is a feeling. This is what loneliness is. A feeling of separation, isolation, distance in human relationships. It implies emotional pain, empty feeling, and a yearning to feel understood and accepted by someone. So it gives you a little bit of a background. It's prevalent. Um, that, That means that you're most likely sitting in a row with someone who has struggled with loneliness recently. Unless you're sitting alone in a row, which is, then it's you. So, um, so mean. Sorry. So, <laughs> hi, Connie. <laughs> Sorry. She's actually sitting alone. I noticed that after I said that, now I feel bad. Um, <laughs> that's the same row. I can't tell from up here. I can barely see. There's two people. That's all, that's all you need. Um, so loneliness is a feeling, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to make sense and so think about this, you can, be, um, you can be at a party with a lot of friends and feel lonely. If you're feeling like people aren't understanding what you're going through in your life. You know, if you're going through a situation that you wonder if anyone else really understands, that can make, your situation of life can make you feel lonely. Now, isolation can make you feel lonely too. I mean, uh, losing a, a, a friend, not like they died, but like if you're a teenager and, and your friend network falls apart, that can produce loneliness or even just, you know, from year to year as your classes switch and you end up without certain friends in certain classes, that can produce loneliness. Um, I hated, and this was before social media, when I was a teenager and I would find out that people, you know, my friends were hanging out without me um, and it was a lot harder to find that out. But nowadays, you know, right? Because of social media, you see that. I mean, that, that is feeling left out is a huge way to, to stir up those feelings of loneliness and, and worth. You know, I mean, you can look across the lifespan. Even if, you know, if you're a mom and you're home taking care of young kids, that can feel extremely lonely. I can remember when Mandy was um, taking care of our young kids, I would come home and there would be times when she would say, I just want to talk to an adult, you know? Like, that's I, I want to not have to pretend that these things are alive for like five minutes. The toys, that's what she was pretending, all right? Um, you know, you could, even in later life, you know, I know as your kids start to move out of your house, you can start to feel like that whole, you know, my whole life was, was so enmeshed in raising these children, and now, now what's next, and the house feels empty, or maybe you just love it, and you're like, yeah, um, but it can happen anywhere. It can happen after a breakup. It can happen after a divorce, it can happen happen after losing someone, and so that, I believe, is why it's so prevalent, is that it's not a very specific thing that happens. It's very general. It happens to so many people, and so, we want to talk about this today because we're going to, this series, we're going to address how do we, how do we have relationships? How do we, we talk about community here a lot We're we're, uh, you know, tying this into the start of small groups on purpose because community and relationships is very important to us. Seek love and care for people like Jesus does. This is the love part. This is the getting deeper than just being around each other for an hour and 15 minutes every Sunday. So we want to, we want to talk about how to deepen our relationships and how to make our relationship stronger, okay? So um, I want to look today at this this basic idea that Jesus takes the time to restore lonely people into community. This is something Jesus is intentional about. He takes the time to restore lonely people into community, and so should we. So this is the basic point that I hope to share with you, and we're going to talk about one story from the life of Jesus today, and it's honestly one of my favorite stories Um, If you come to this church long enough, you will hear me talk about this again. Um, This is literally, I think, one of the most powerful stories um, in the New Testament. And so this is uh, John writing. So John was one of the early disciples of Jesus and was one of his followers. And in fact, he was kind of on the inner circle of the closest uh, followers of Jesus at that time. And he wrote one of the four, what the church calls the Gospels. Uh, They're basically eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so this is his book, and he's talking about a time when the disciples and he um, were traveling and kind of, they had to go, uh, I believe I have this right, from Jerusalem to Galilee, and they had to cut through Samaria. So Samaria was uh, a a place, uh, a people group who were at complete odds with the Jews. And it was, the Jews were basically racists towards the Samarians and looked down on them, um, thought that they were worthless. They wouldn't even travel through Samaria because if they touched anything that Samaritans owned, they'd have to go through a cleansing ritual when they got back home. So um, that's, that's how intense this was. And so Jesus, you know, being the guy he was, who was constantly breaking down the barriers of society, um, he just travels right through Samaria and he sits down at this well because he's tired the disciples go to get some food, all right? So he had, got, he had to go through Samaria, and he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Side note. Okay, so Jesus turns to this woman, Samaritan woman, and Starts a conversation with her. Now, to us, that just seems kind of normal. In fact, in your American you know, view of this, you might be like, that's kind of rude, right? Why didn't he just get his own water? And in, but in this culture, for Jesus to even talk to this woman, it was a Samaritan woman, and he was a Jewish man, This was a huge, huge cultural gap, and so he steps across that barrier. Now, there's some things that we don't know about um, this woman yet, but I'm going to tell you, okay? So as the story unfolds, we start to find out that not only is she a Samaritan woman, but she has a five-time divorcee, and it starts to shed some light on why she's here at noon, because if you do a little bit of research, most people would get water in the morning, Because it's hot and they don't want to be carrying these huge jugs of water in the middle of the day when it's hottest. So most women would have gone in a group together to get water in the morning. So why is she alone in the middle of the day? And uh, a lot of commentators will suggest that she's alone because she's ostracized, because she doesn't want to walk with the women and hear them whispering behind her back, talking about what, uh, you know, that she sleeps around, that she can't keep a husband, that husbands don't want her. You know, think about their culture. You know, to be married was your identity as a woman. That gave you value and standing in that society. Otherwise, you really were worthless. I mean, that's, you know, I— we don't believe that, but that's the culture they were in. And so this woman is alone. She is looked down upon by society. She has no place. She has probably limited friends. And we'll find out that the man she's living with now won't even marry her. So he's fine to share a bed with her, but he is not willing to share his name with her. That's where she's gotten to in life. So this woman is hurting and lonely. And Jesus takes the first step. Jesus takes the first step. And um hold on one second. That okay. So Jesus takes the time and that's the first thing I want to say to restore lonely people in the community. He takes the time. Now listen. What we're going to do is I'm going to try to talk about what Jesus does, and I'm going to talk about if you're lonely, what that means for you, and then if you're not lonely, what that means for you. And I'm going to do that. Ready? So Jesus takes the time to restore people, and it is intentional. We don't, we don't accidentally stumble into these conversations. All right? So I want you, if you're lonely here today, I want you to hear this, that Jesus goes out of his way to see you, that he sees you and he sees what's going on in your life, and he doesn't walk Past you, he doesn't ignore you. That Jesus sees you, and He wants you to hear that today. That He takes the time to be with you, to listen to you, and to understand where you are. Um, I recently, uh, I've got a text from uh, a friend of mine, and a painful thing had happened in this person's life, and they had reached out to me, and I, in their in their experience, I hadn't responded. Now it was one of those things where I did respond. But their email just—they didn't find it in their email, and they missed it. And so, in their experience of the situation, I had just ignored this email about really difficult stuff going on in their life. In my experience of the situation, I had responded immediately and heard nothing back. And, you know, so maybe on my end, I should have re-reached out instead of just thinking that one email was enough. I mean, I—you know—something I'm learning. But for this person, it was like the final straw. Like things have gone so bad, and now you know the, the pastor of the church won't even. To take time, right? And I want to just say that. Like, if we are called to reach out to people who are lonely, it's going to require us taking time out of our schedule, time out of our lives to be with people in their moment, to be with people in their pain, to step outside of our routine and go to them. I think a lot of non-lonely people start to form judgment towards lonely people and say, well, why don't they just make friends? Why don't they just go out at night? Why don't they just, you know, stop having that wall of rejection up around them? And I think that we need to be the ones who take the step. If you're in that place of loneliness, feeling rejected, feeling like no one connects with me, you're not necessarily in the place to step out. Now, we'll talk about if you're lonely. Like, the rest of this series, we're going to give some practical, biblical advice on how to create meaningful relationships. But can we just start this week with getting the heart of Jesus for people who are lonely? And his heart is, he is moving. In fact, if you read read the whole book of John, for instance, you will find that Jesus is constantly moving towards those who are hurting, isolated, and rejected. He is constantly moving towards them. He is constantly moving towards the people that the religious community is moving away from. He's flowing in the opposite direction. And so can we become, remember to seek love and care like Jesus does, right? Can we start to seek love the lonely like Jesus does. So Jesus says, hey, can you get me some water? He's starting out a conversation. And she says, I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Why would you even ask me? You couldn't even drink out of my bucket if I got it anyway because it'd be defiled. And so Jesus says, listen, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. All right, so Jesus starts to take the, uh, the conversation deeper. And this woman As happens a lot of times in conversations with Jesus, she doesn't get it, right? So she's like, living water? That sounds amazing. She thinks he's talking literally instead of figuratively. She says, sir, give me this water so I don't have to get thirsty and keep coming here to draw water. I mean, this sounds awesome. Where do you get this stuff? And so Jesus like downshifts big time and he responds, well, why don't you go get your husband and come back? So then, we'll talk about this living water. And you can see, like, in between this verse right here and this verse right here, I just wonder what she felt. All of a sudden, there's, a, there's a, a caring rabbi, you know, so they call it a teacher, a pastor, a caring man, paying attention to her for not the wrong reasons. Maybe for the first time in a long time, maybe for the first time ever, someone has stepped out, taken that chance, and now... She has to reveal this. And she knows, once I say this, it's all over. Once I say this, he's going to tell me what a horrible sinner I am. He's not going to want to be near me anymore. I can just feel the shame coming on her. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus, very interesting response. He says, you're right. (laughs) Basically, when you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is true. (laughs) He doesn't say, you are a horrible sinner, you terrible person, get away from me. He just is like, yeah, you're hurting. This is true. In fact, she doesn't tell him, look, she doesn't tell him that she's had five husbands. So Jesus, you know, much like the Holy Spirit can speak to us, the Holy Spirit is speaking to Jesus and revealing the depths of this lady's heart. She's like, I can see that you're a prophet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe more. So the second thing I want to say, so I'm just going to flip back real quick to this. Jesus not only takes time, but he takes time to restore, okay? So I want you to think about the difference between just taking time and taking time to actually talk, to actually go to the heart of the matter. And so Jesus is not just, hey, let's talk about water. Jesus, he's saying, let's talk about water why you're lonely. Let's talk about why you're hurting. Let's talk about why you're separated. What's, what's hurting your heart right now? And can we, like Jesus, not only walk towards the people who are lonely in our lives or our communities, but can we walk towards them and bring restoration? Can we walk towards them and be willing, listen, to sit down in their pain with them? To sit down and hear them talk. You know, people often are afraid to talk about their own pain because they think What? People don't want to hear it. Can we be the kind of people who want to hear it? We might need to hear it a couple times. And we, I mean, it's not going to be like, yeah, I listen to you. You know, can I tell you one of my favorite things about planning this church is the amazing opportunities I've had to meet new people. Many of you are in the room today. And what I try to do is, is grab coffee or lunch with every new person if I can and just get to know each other. And one of my favorite parts of planning this church is hearing people's stories. And everyone has a story and everyone has a story where God has either brought restoration or where they're still waiting for restoration. We have pain. We have loneliness. We have separation. You know, a lot of stories that I've heard so far in our church are stories of other of the church just in general failing to bring restoration. And, oh, man, I want to be that. I want to be that kind of church who doesn't just go towards people and then, you know, that's it. We're so glad we got you or met you. But we bring restoration. We go to the heart of the matter. We say what's really, really on the depth of it, what's really bothering you, what's really hurting you. And we offer healing in life. And so Jesus does this. And um, she says this next sentence. And she says, our, our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. It's, saying, it's kind of like a weird thing that she says here, right? Like it seems kind of out of context. Two things could be happening here. Either she's like, this is getting too personal. Let's have a theological argument. Should we worship on this mountain or that mountain? Right? So that's, that's what some people would say. I read a different commentary that really touched my, my heart personally. And this is what I, what I think might be going on here. She's just saying, where is God? Like you're here and you're this guy and you're, you're obviously like a prophet. And you're, you're, you've really gotten right to the heart of the matter. You've shown me the time of day. Can you just tell me, where, where's God in my life? Where is God in the five failed marriages? Where is God in everyone who's hating me and, and abusing me and leaving me? And so he flows along. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he gives kind of an answer to, to comparatively where he basically says, listen, a time is coming when everything's going to change. And she says, well, at least I know that when the Messiah comes, the one they call Christ And when he does, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus does something. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. If you've been in church for a long time, if you've read this a few times, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I never really got this before. Jesus replies to her, and he says, I am the Messiah. You don't know what's powerful about this? I'm not sure he tells anyone else this. He's always telling people who figure it out, shh, don't tell people that. Because he doesn't want... To stir up, they would have pushed him into becoming, trying to be like a political leader. So as people start to discover it, he keeps it on the down low for as long as possible. But here he is alone with this broken woman in Samaria, so far outside of Jerusalem, and Jesus becomes vulnerable. Isn't that so powerful? In that moment when she, they're in the depths of her pain, and he's like, can I tell you something? (laughs) I'm the Messiah. It's been hard. No, I don't think that's where it went. But I'm lonely too. People keep trying to kill me. But I think he does what we so often fail to do is he becomes real too. He becomes authentic in that moment. See, Jesus, he takes time to restore lonely people into community, right? Into meaningful community. He isn't just like, that's so sad. Man, I'm glad my life isn't like that right? He says, let me open my heart to you. You opened your heart to me. Let me open my heart to you. Let's have community. Let's be real with each other. Let's go past the small talk and the talk about, you know, whatever, the weather and sports and whatever. Like Let's talk about our hearts. Let's talk about our lives. Do you have someone or some people or a people that you can call your own who you can talk about your life with right now and do you have people who are talking about their life with you? Can we be this to each other? Look around the room and think, who in here needs to be listened to? Who in here needs to share community with? This is why small groups so important because it's so easy to hide in this room. And, and, and if you need that, I mean, I'm not saying you have to like, let's all share our deepest, darkest problems with everyone. Like, that's unsafe. I'm not saying be unsafe. But if we get into circles... Remember, circles are better than rows. I love to say things over and over again, and then I know you probably hate it, but you'll remember it. If we can get in circles, I remember in our small group last, last season, we played a lot of games together. Most of the people in our small group didn't know each other ahead of time, so we were just kind of building relationships, and then there was this one small group where it was just like the comfort level got there, and it just got real, and it just got real, and people were just sharing, and we need that so desperately. So this is who Jesus is. Jesus takes the time, right? He he, he goes out of his way. He sees you. If you're lonely here today, Jesus sees you. If you don't know what you think about Jesus today, if you don't even know if you're a follower of Jesus right now, that's okay. We're glad that you're here. Listen, this is true whether you believe it yet or not. God sees you. Jesus sees you in your life right now, in your doubt even, in your frustration. It's okay. If you're doubting, you're not sure what you even think about God. You know, one of his disciples was called Doubting Thomas. That was his nickname. Like, you're not kicked out for that, okay? Jesus sees you. He takes time to be with you, but not just to be with us, but to restore us. Jesus is never interested in leaving us where we're at. He takes us where we're at, but he always moves us to where he's taking us to. He's always bringing change and growth. So he wants to restore us. And one of the greatest ways he does this is to bring us into community. Listen, if you're here today, we're so glad that you're here. And we want you to be a part of the City Lake community. We're building this together. And you're part of that even if it's your first time here. We've got somewhere to go as a church. There's people who need this. So what we're going to do is at the end of our teachings, we do what we call response and reflection time. We're going to sing one more song together. Um, and there's a couple other things you can do. So the first Sunday of every month, we take communion together. So over on those two tables, there's communion. Um, if you aren't familiar with Christianity, let me just give you a quick introduction to communion. You don't have to do it. Um, it is one of those kind of sort of strange rituals that the church does that uh, if, it, if you're new to it, might seem strange. It doesn't seem strange to us who have been doing it for our whole lives. But basically, we, we take a little piece of bread and a little tiny, little bit of juice— um, which in and of itself looks funny. But we, it's mostly a symbolic thing where we are remembering. So Jesus had a meal with his disciples the night before he was crucified and then was raised again three days later where they ate a similar type meal. And so we do this to remember that Jesus died and rose for our sins. That's it. And so if you want to do that, that's fine. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. So during this reflection time, you can take communion, you can sing. You can get prayer. So we have some people over there who are going to be praying for you on that wall. Here's some things that you can get prayer for. And if you just want to be alone, maybe just take some time and just talk to God about loneliness. So can we stand together? I'm just going to pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you move towards us, that you are, you're always moving towards us. And you're not afraid of our pain you don't leave us in our pain thank you Jesus that you're moving towards us God and that you want to restore us into community I pray all across this room whether we've been in the church for 20-30 years or this is our first time ever in a church I pray Jesus that people in this room right now could just sense how much you love them could just sense that you're taking time to restore us If you're here, just keep your eyes closed one second. We do this at the end every time. But if you're here and you've never said, I, I want to become a follower of Jesus, we don't want to pressure you into it. You can do it any other time that you're here, I mean, or anywhere. But if we want to give you an opportunity, if you want to say, you know what? This is what I've been looking for. I want to be a follower of Jesus. Just raise your hand for a 2nd not going to point you out. I'm just going to come talk to you afterwards uh, just so we can connect. Anybody here, take that moment. All right, so Jesus, we love you. Thank you for today. Let's, let's sing together.